You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation, cover the NFL for Fan Sided and Pro Football Weekly, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. If you've been listening to the ends of the episodes, you know that we have a Thursday show. And if you're listening to this right now, it's because you obviously know that. You can't possibly be listening to this and not know that because here we are. We exist. We have a couple things to get to today. Number one on the list is the Packers fortified their offensive line by signing a former starting caliber offensive tackle. And then I want to discuss something that that came out earlier this week, and that is ESPN's 2018 Football Power Index Projections. And where it has the Packers, what it says about the expectations for this team, why those expectations are what they are, and are they right? Have they been calibrated correctly? But let's start with the news that the Packers have signed former Cowboys offensive lineman, former Carolina Panthers offensive lineman, Byron Bell. And Bell is a relatively experienced but still relatively young offensive lineman, which is a rare thing on today's market because so many teams are looking for experienced and and just quality or, or even just rotational capable offensive linemen. And that is what Bell is. He's 29 years old and actually took a visit with Green Bay last year, ultimately signed with the Dallas Cowboys, played in 12 games last year. But he was someone who came in and started in Carolina, was a longtime starter in Carolina, has played guard and has played tackle. Started 16 games for Tennessee in 2015 after signing with Tennessee and also played guard, played right tackle, played left tackle. This is someone who can play all over the offensive line. And there's obviously going to be speculation about what this says about Brian Bulaga's development. I think there's certainly a case to be made that it speaks to Jason Spriggs' development or lack thereof. But the other thing is, he was better than the other backups on this team. He's better than Jason Spriggs. He's better than Kyle Murphy. And Brian Gutekind saw an opportunity to make this team better, and he took it. Sometimes roster building is really just that simple. And there certainly could be elements of the Brian Bulaga recovery in here or the Jason Spriggs-Kyle Murphy combo and what that says. Those could be elements. There's no question. We don't know that they are, but it is true that sometimes the only reason you need to make a move is because an available player is better than the player's currently on your roster. And I think that is the case with Byron Bell. And that is not to say that he's going to come in and and be a world beater. This is a guy who was backing up Chaz Green in Dallas when Adrian Claiborne eviscerated him 
They had to bench Green. They had to put Bell in, and Bell didn't fare that much better against Claiborne. As a long-term starter option, it's not great, but as someone who can play guard or tackle, this is a wonderful option for Green Bay, someone with experience who you know you can just throw out there on a moment's notice. And and when you look at what has happened over the last few years with Green Bay and their injuries and what they've had to go through and some of the guys that they've had to play, I mean, they they played a game in Chicago last year with five guards. No tackles, no centers, five guards. I mean, just, just imagine that. And so to have quality swing linemen, they think Justin McCray can play tackle. Last year, Lane Taylor had to play tackle in that game. And he, and, and he played well, acquitted himself nicely. Byron Bell can play guard or tackle. So if, they, if they're down or a left tackle, they can slide Lane Taylor in or they can put Byron Bell there. If they're down a right tackle, they can slide Byron Bell in or they can move Justin McCray over and put Bell in at guard. Whatever works for that matchup for that week. This gives Green Bay flexibility with their injuries. And it doesn't lock them into the development of Spriggs or Murphy, guys who have not proven that they can be capable starters at this point or even capable long-term backups. Justin McCray in an injury spot put himself into position to earn a starting job, played well enough at multiple positions that Green Bay went into this season saying, we don't need to sign anyone. We don't need to go get Jari Evans. What we have with Justin McCray is enough. And by coaches' accounts, that position that he's in to be the starter did not cause him to say, oh, this is great. I'm just going to hang out and chill and get fat over the offseason. Apparently, No one was in the weight room lifting more, getting stronger, getting bigger in their program to fit what they want to do. This is a guy who wants to go out and be a very good offensive line. And look, that's a cliche, and it's the kind of thing we say this time of year, but not everyone wants it. Seriously. Not everyone tries their hardest all the time. You work with people like that. Just because someone works at a thing, just because someone is a professional at a thing, does not mean they work every day at being the best they can. Not everyone does that. Most people don't do that. Most people aren't wired that way. You take days off. I take days off. And so the idea that, oh, well, they're professional athletes. They're always in it to win it. No, no, no. This is one of the things that derailed Eddie Lacy's career. He didn't want it. He didn't, he, doesn't, he didn't and doesn't love football. He doesn't love playing, doesn't love training, doesn't love doing all the things. And so it is important that someone like Justin McCray is going all in and saying, I'm going to bust my ass and I'm going to become the best player that I can be. Not, oh, I've arrived. I'm now the de facto starter. They're not going to bring anyone else in and this is my job. There are athletes. There are players in the NFL who feel that way. There are. And, and if you talk to former players, you talk to current players, but usually former players are more forthcoming on this, they will tell you that most of the guys who are really good in the league are really good because they give, minimal effort is the wrong way to phrase it, but they give more than just a baseline effort. And that that is a big enough difference with a lot of these guys because plenty of players are willing to coast on their talent because they are so talented. They are so physically gifted. 
Now that's a tangent, but <laughs> Byron Bell, for his part, is not going to be expected to come in and, and be a preferred starter. If Brian Bulaga is not healthy to start the season, Bell is an experienced veteran offensive lineman who at the very least can come in if Spriggs and or Murphy can't hack it. That is a valuable player to have. Before we get to ESPN FPI, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge subscription giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. It gets you access to player grades, fantasy football data, all sorts of tools and charts and things that will make you a smarter football fan. Normally a $39.99 paywall to get behind. Let me get you behind that paywall for free. And all it will take from you is your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes to enter the contest. One thing I forgot to mention about Byron Bell, just an interesting little factoid, his first NFL start came against the Packers in week two of 2011. That was the game where Cam Newton just lit the Packers defense on fire. It's also the game that ended Nick Collins' NFL career. But it was also Byron Bell's first NFL start. That's just a little interesting factoid about new Green Bay Packer Byron Bell. Let's talk about ESPN's FPI and what this is and what it means. And for me, the FPI, the Football Power Index, is one of the best indicators out there when it comes to evaluating teams. If you're a gambler, and we're going to talk about gambling tomorrow, if you're a gambler and you're looking at lines and you want to match up team versus team, what the FPI does over the course of the season is they're measuring efficiencies and they're watching Vegas lines and they're doing all kinds of statistical evaluations to determine a player, a team's advantage over a generic team on a neutral field by point value. So the Packers might be four points better than a generic team on a neutral field. And if that's true, then the Bears might be minus one point. Now, if you're looking at gambling, that would be plus one point. So that would mean this is getting convoluted already. I understand if, if you're not a gambler, it's hard to understand. But if you're comparing that with the Bears, for example, last year, the Bears might have been a one point underdog against the generic team on a neutral field. That means they're a below average team. Now, FPI doesn't currently have points associated with the teams. Now, what they do have, and they've incorporated offensive and defensive special teams efficiency, Vegas win totals, quarterbacks, free agency signings, draft, all those sorts of things. And what they've done is they put together win projections. And the team with the most projected wins, to no one's surprise, the New England Patriots, 10 and a half wins. They are the favorites to win the Super Bowl, the favorites to reach the Super Bowl. Pittsburgh Steelers second at 10 wins, 80% chance to make the playoffs according to the FPI, 24% chance to reach the Super Bowl, 14% chance to win 
the Super Bowl. The best team in the NFC is the third team on the list. The Philadelphia Eagles projected win total 9.9, to reach the Super Bowl. Interestingly, a, a, a worse chance to reach the Super Bowl than the Steelers, despite the fact that they are the top team in the NFC. And the reason will become clear in a second. But the, the fourth team on the list, the number two team in the NFC, according to FPI, is the Green Bay Packers, despite the fact that I think going into this season as it stands right now, for most people, the Vikings are considered the favorite in the NFC North. Now, it's pretty much neck and neck. FPI has Green Bay nine and a half wins. They have the Vikings at 9.4 wins. They have the percentage of Green Bay making the playoffs at 61%. They have the Vikings at 60 Percentage to win the division, 41%. The Vikings at 40 And they have the same percentage chance to reach the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. I think that speaks to how closely these teams are in terms of their talent. I think Green Bay gets the edge because of their quarterback. And I think that's fair. But one of the other reasons that this is so jumbled is because the next group of teams, So you go New England and Pittsburgh. The next group of teams, it's Philly, Green Bay, Minnesota, the Rams, the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers. So after the top two teams, the next seven teams by FPI are all NFC teams. So of the top 10, because the Chargers are then next, there seven of them are NFC teams. And the Packers, Vikings, Rams, and Saints all have the same odds to win the Super Bowl, according to FPI. And six of those seven are projected to win between nine and ten games. That's a logjam. Now, I think if you're if you're just sort of looking at it in a vacuum, you say, well, if those teams are close, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers and he gets the advantage. But I think it's more than that because I think Mike Pettin provides a significant upgrade. I mean, this is a team that that won multiple games with Brett Hundley as quarterback. It is not as bereft of talent as doomsday Packer fans will have you believe. Especially when you look around at the other teams in the conference. I mean, the New Orleans Saints are very good. Alvin Kamara provided an incredible boost. Marshawn Lattimore is a, a, a superstar in the making. They have one wide receiver one and they don't really have a pass rush to speak of especially if Cameron Jordan is going to be the only guy to give them anything now look I love Marcus Davenport but is he going to come in and be the guy you look at the Rams do they have any edge rushers how many games is Aaron Donald going to play what is Jared Goff going to look like in year two as a starter Is Todd Gurley going to play 16 games? How is this team going to coalesce when most of its top paid players are new to the roster and guys like Donald are fighting to get a contract? There are questions on these other teams. It's not as though Green Bay is just floating off in the wilderness. This is a talented roster with a very good coach, a coach who has been through the battles and the wars, and... I understand Mike Zimmer, also a very good coach. Sean Payton, really good coach. But does Mike Zimmer have a Super Bowl title? 
Does Sean McVay McVay even have playoff wins? How many Super Bowl titles does Dan Quinn have as a head coach? What about Ron Rivera? What about Kyle Shanahan? Looking around the NFC, how many of these teams as a whole, quarterbacks and coach, have experienced, even the Eagles, who are the defending Super Bowl champions, are not going to have a coach and a quarterback who have won a Super Bowl. Saints have. Vikings haven't. Falcons haven't. Panthers haven't. Now, all those teams have been to Super Bowls. Vikings haven't. But they lost. San Francisco is fully unproven. If you expect the Cowboys to make a leap with a healthy Dak and, and Zeke likely to play 16 games, okay, sure. Jason Garrett's going to take you there? Dak Prescott? I don't know. And, and I think it's appropriate that the same week this comes out is within a week of Brian Gutekinds signing Mercedes Lewis and Byron Bell. Not that either of those guys are going to do anything to drastically alter the fortunes of the Green Bay Packers. But when you look at this roster and the way that it shakes out, they had a hole at the offensive line position that that Cole Madison, the rookie from Washington State, was not going to be able to fill if Brian Bulaga was not healthy. Byron Bell helps them fill that. And if Jimmy Graham is going to play a lot of receiver, and he is, in New Orleans, I think that year that he insisted he was a receiver to get the franchise tag as a receiver, not a tight end. There were a lot of of studies done about where he was lining up. Traditionally, he's going to line up 60-plus percent split out. And that number might even grow in Green Bay. And if you don't like Lance Kendricks, and I think Lance Kendricks is fine, but he's not a blocker, so you can't have two tight ends and then an undrafted free agent as a third tight end when no one can block. So you get in and you add on the margins. I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall here. How many times have I said, add on the margins. Make these interstitial moves. Just a little bit here, a little bit there. Throw this guy in because they can play a role for a game or two if they have to. Or or for a series or two. Or for a half or a quarter. Their insurance policies. And in the case of Mercedes Lewis, I think more than that, and, and, and he brings a balance and a flexibility that they wouldn't have otherwise had. But those are the kind of moves that this team has made over the course of this offseason. Mohamed Wilkerson, you had the, the, the draft trades. They get two first-round corners in terms of talent. All of this, this receiver talent influx, that clearly has gone noticed by the bookmakers, by the odds makers, and by the statisticians. Offensive efficiency should peak back up. Defensive efficiency should rise with Mike Patton alone if they made no personnel changes, but they did make personnel changes. They got better up front. They got better in the secondary. So if this was a 10-11 win team going into the offseason with Aaron Rodgers, why aren't they an 11-12 or 13 win team with him this offseason, given the moves that they've made. You are listening to Locked On Packers on the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local daily sports podcast network. Be sure to catch up on everything around the NFL with Locked On NFL 
and now in the Cavs-Warriors NBA Finals. Keep it locked with Locked On NBA. All right, we're going to have a show tomorrow to clean up some of the stuff that's happening around the league. The Packers, you got to chill with, with some of the new stuff. The signings. All, I, can't, I can't get to some of the, the big NFL stories that are out there. We still haven't talked about gambling, really. We still haven't talked about the ridiculous <laughs> rake that the NFL stepped on. Mina Kimes had a great line that, that there isn't a rake the NFL won't step on. So I'm borrowing from her. When it comes to the changes that they've made to the national anthem and, and the requirements for those for the players and, and the teams. So we're going to talk about that tomorrow. I'm going to put that all in one place so that the stick to sports folks can have something to uh, to skip over on their on their playlists. But don't do that. I mean, really, don't do that. It's a discussion that needs to be had because the NFL changed the rule, and, and we're going to talk about it. And it's not political. It's an it's a, it's a football thing. We're going to talk about football. That is what this show is, and that is what it will always be. I'm not going to shy away from those topics when they're applicable, and, and we have talked about them. We will talk about them. But this is not one of those times. This is an NFL thing. And the NFL has done something dumb, and we're going to talk about it because the NFL does, frankly, a lot of dumb stuff. And so we have to discuss it. That It is what it is. So we'll have a show tomorrow and then back on our Monday, Wednesday, Friday grind next week. At Peter underscore Bukowski is the Twitter profile. You can follow the show at Locked on Packers. All of the Locked on Podcast content is at LockedOnPackers.com. I put it there for you. I want to make it easy so you can stay Locked on Packers.